And uh, as you know, we've um, started a series in recent weeks from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. And uh, I don't know uh, how you uh, sort of do your Bible readings at home and stuff, whether you follow um, guided readings and things. But on a Sunday morning, we always take a passage from the Bible. And, and in something like Paul's letters, we, we do break up um, passages. But sometimes that's really helpful, and other times it can interrupt the flow. So, um, although, so I'm interrupting. That's what I'm saying to you. I'm interrupting the flow of Paul with uh, this part. But it, it is part of a, a bigger dialogue that Paul is uh, having in, in this letter with this church that he loves, that he was there at the beginning of. Um, he planted it. And uh, he's writing them to them now as, um, as an apostle, as, uh, as a pastor, and uh, seeks to impart um, God's wisdom to them. So uh, we're going to pick it up uh, from chapter 2, just from verse 5, and then read on to the end of the chapter. And I've interrupted his flow, so sorry, Paul. So that your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age. Or of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom. A mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak. Not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept these things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. And cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. But such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Just pray together. Lord, thank you that we can read your word. Thank you that we have Bibles 
in our homes and in our hands. And we pray that they will become more and more in our hearts as well. That we will be a people molded by your spirit and your words. So we just pray for your help as we just think about this passage this morning. And what it might have to teach us. In Jesus' name. Amen. When Paul writes um, this letter, um, he addresses the Corinthians with a question. Uh, Lots of questions, but one of the questions is, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose you. Isn't that wonderful? I don't know if I were to ask that question of our wonderful gathering here today. How many of you think you're wise? Doing well so far? How many of you think you're influential? There we go. How many of you know that you're of noble birth? You've done your DNA test. You know you're descended from kings and queens. We've not got, not got a royal in the house. I know that there are lots of influential people who are not wise. And I know a lot of wise people who, who don't have a lot of influence. I'm talking on a bigger scale. These things are not a given. I love that car bumper sticker that comes, you see it at Christmas or it only catches your eye at Christmas. Wise men sought Jesus. They still do. How do you measure wisdom or intelligence? Are they different? Intelligence, you can measure, I guess. One standard and widely accepted method of measuring a person's intelligence is their intelligence quotient. IQ. Anyone done an IQ? A few people. Not keen to own up about it, but a few of you an IQ. Or the emotional intelligence quotient, the EIQ. And these things are done with series of tests to assess various types of abilities, such as mathematics, well, not good at that, and then spatial things, verbal, logic, memory. In an educational sense, we also measure things, don't we? we you know, how, bright, is, how bright, bright am I? You know, how clever am I? So I must admit that school was not my favorite place. I didn't excel. <clears throat> but you measure things with um, school certificates. Anyone remember those? O-levels, anyone remember those? Yes, with a grimace. GCSEs, we're getting more up to date. A-levels. Degrees? PhDs? Paul, in the opening chapters of his letter, talks a lot about the difference between God's wisdom and man's wisdom. And in many ways, he, he says that God's wisdom lays down a challenge to human wisdom. 
Because God's wisdom is actually revealed. You cannot attain it by your study. It is something that God reveals in Jesus Christ by his Holy Spirit. It's revealed in the cross. He says in in, in verse 5 that we read together, our faith does not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. I am so encouraged by that. I wasn't wise when I was called or influential or of noble birth, but God chose me in his wisdom. And Paul encourages the believers in Corinth not to think too little of the gospel message that's come through loud and clear. When I was with you, I didn't come with wise and eloquent words. I came with fear and trembling. What I preached was Christ and him crucified. We looked at that last week. Don't think too little of the cross. For some people were influencing the Corinthians saying, well, this teaching that Paul brought is a bit simplistic. It's not intellectually Enough. But Paul reminds the Corinthians that the cross is not a message that we graduate from. We just go deeper and deeper into it. Deeper in our appreciation of what it means. Deeper in our understanding of what it has done. Deeper in our love for Jesus who gave his life. For you and me. And as we grow in our faith, we begin just to glimpse its height and depth and breadth and length as Paul prays for the Ephesians. Paul says, Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Because by the wisdom of the world, it cannot know God. The foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And Paul declares this wisdom, a mystery hidden, now revealed in Jesus Christ. And so this part of this letter is a defense, I guess, of that gospel, Christ crucified. Considered by some not to be very impressive, but Paul knows it's the power of God to save. And whenever he's preached it, people's lives have been transformed. Because God does it. Not reliant on our wisdom or our eloquence or the words that we use, but God's power at work. Now, we know that we are trained faster than ever. We know more than ever. We understand more than ever as human beings. And we have plumbed some of the depths of complex theories. And if we don't know anything, we just Google it now. Or Wikipedia it. Yet in 2,000 years, we'd have to be really honest and say, no one's improved on the teaching of Jesus. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Revolutionary. It's the only kind of thing God would say. Love your enemies. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. What astonishing 
wisdom from God. Like Athens, Corinth was considered, they considered themselves to be an intellectual place. It embraced traveling teachers who taught wisdom and charged big fees for their wisdom. And that wisdom was admired and and in many ways they became proud of that wisdom, boasted in it. And Paul came with this simple message of who Jesus was and what he has done. And it's the same message we have today. We have not graduated from the cross because you can never graduate from the cross. And Paul declares there's this huge gap between God's wisdom and the world's wisdom that the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. I was impressed with Socrates this week. I don't read a lot of Socrates. This was just a quote. The only true wisdom is in knowing you know nothing. There's there's a man I can relate to. I think I saw Sam come in. Sam. I mean, we can study biology and human genetics and know everything about fertilizer and reproduction and everything, but when you see a newborn baby, as Hermie and I had the privilege of seeing this area this week, and you just wonder at the miracle. God's wisdom. We know so much, yet understand so little, the deep mysteries Yet God, in his grace, has come and revealed his wisdom to us. Not the wisdom of this age. And Paul says the wisdom of this age will pass away. The wisdom of our age changes. You remember when it was cool to smoke? You know, in the advert, you know, my grandma told me about that, but you know. And then we found out, whoops, kills us. All worldly wisdom, all the rulers of this age, all the demonic powers will pass away. And God's kingdom will remain. We in our human wisdom can rewrite human history. We can change the markers. We can change the boundaries. We can call good evil and evil good. But our wisdom is coming to nothing. We can change BC and AD to BCE and CE with no concept of actually what comes after that. New heavens and the new earth. That new age that Jesus, his kingdom has broken into this current world and he's working his purposes out. Paul says, if, if the rulers of this age, and he's talking about the Jewish faith in one respect and the Roman authorities in another, had understood the true identity of Jesus, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. And that reveals the true folly of human wisdom. That they saw Jesus and wanted him dead.
Our wisdom, our human wisdom can only light up a small, tiny area of the universe. It takes God to reveal God. But he has given us the clues. He has given us evidence. When people say to me, oh, well, faith is just a blind leap in the dark. There's no evidence for it. No, there's loads of evidence. Just think of Jesus and who he is and what he said and what he did. We're not to bypass our minds. We're to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength. But if our human wisdom takes us away from God and away from faith in Christ, it is useless. At the end of the day. He wants us to use our minds to seek him because he wants to be known. So Paul is saying that unaided intellect cannot understand the cross because it thinks it's foolish. How can the death of one man 2,000 years ago crucified, the most horrific execution ever, be the most important thing that has ever happened on planet Earth? became a stumbling block to the Jews. And to the Greek world and the Greek mind, it's just silly. We're doing this, sharing bread and cups 2,000 years on from when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Some people might think this is silly. But we know it's the power of God to save and heal this broken, lost world. And we will never graduate from this. We might become accustomed to it, but maybe today we need to take it as if we took it for the very first time. Paul calls the gospel a mystery, hidden, but He's not saying that it's like a mystery that you, that's impossible to know. You know, those kind of mysteries. It's a mystery. No, no, that's not what he means. He, he means it's a divinely revealed secret. Kept hidden for a time, but now it's been revealed to the whole world. And to ordinary people like you and me who, who are not the most schooled and not, you know, and even if you are, you didn't get there by your own attainment. It was a revelation because God chose you. That's the phenomenal thing about this, isn't it? He chose you. And far from being unknowable, God wants to be known. So simple, yes, a child can understand it and respond to it, yet so deep we will never fathom its depth. I've heard it said to me on a number of Alpha courses, well, prove it to me and I'll believe And I go, I'm really sorry. I can't do that. I can't prove it. 
No one can prove it. When Jesus lived on this earth, he was unable to give a compelling sign of who he was to those determined to reject him. And that's the key, isn't it? If you don't want to see, you will never see. If you don't want to hear, you will never hear. If you don't want to seek, you will never find. But God wants us to seek, hear, and find. And he has revealed himself in Jesus and by his Holy Spirit has imparted us to us the wisdom of God. For some, the miracles of Jesus were not enough. For some, the words that Jesus spoke were not enough. For some, the very resurrection of Jesus is not enough. But for those who are being saved, it's dynamite. It's the power of God to forgive sin. Really forgive it. Wipe it out. To take away guilt, shame. That in many ways explains human suffering and then points to the resurrection of eternal life. Paul says we never graduate from the cross. We just go deeper and deeper with more appreciation and thankfulness. Then he says, he quotes from Isaiah, what no eye has seen. What no ear has heard. What no mind has ever conceived. However brilliant that mind may be. What God has prepared for those who love him. And the Spirit has revealed it. What has God prepared for us? Eternal life with him. On a new earth. Joined with heaven. And we will be like him. And we cannot begin to fathom or conceive the wonders we will experience. But the Spirit reveals to us that that's ours. It's a done deal. Because of Jesus. Are you beginning to understand why that might sound foolishness to someone who's thinking, nah. All that, because this bloke died on a cross outside Jerusalem. You're having me on. That's the wisdom of God. How else would you put a world right? How else would you save humanity? How else would... Look at the mess we've made (laughs) with our human wisdom. And God says, I will come and I will pay the price and I will die so that others may live. And I will make this whole creation new again. The Spirit reveals to us who believe the wonders God has prepared for us. That glorious inheritance. Who knows the mind of God says Paul, accept the Holy Spirit. 
Who knows your heart except your spirit within you? So he says, in the same way, knowing God's heart is the work of the Holy Spirit. And he is the one who reveals God's wisdom to us. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot understand the truth of the cross. And so the place, the true place of human wisdom and intellect is found surrendered to Jesus. To be renewed and transformed that we may have the mind of Christ. And so we're going to worship together. And we're going to share communion together. To remind ourselves that we never graduate from the cross And we pray that we'll encounter the Lord together in this place, in this school hall. You can meet with the living God. may sound foolishness to many, but it is the truth. God has revealed it. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite the band back into worship.